Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. He has come a long way in the last year. He's worked extremely hard on being a better person, a better man, a better teammate. Sean, as a leader of the football team, I think it's important for everybody to know where he is and what's on his mind. Personally, I'm in a different space, comfortable being around the guys, the locker room, the coaching staff, the organization. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show, your chance to get an in-depth preview of the week ahead in Berea. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Kim Carmen and Gerard Cherry. To the city of brotherly love we go. Week three of the 2023 preseason campaign. And your Cleveland Browns have two practices with the Philadelphia Eagles. Then a Thursday preseason showdown at Lincoln Financial Field. We'll preview it all and talk about practice number one with the Philadelphia Eagles. All this hour on the Cleveland Browns preview show. All along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Gerard Cherry, my friend, good to see you. Good to hear you. How you doing? I am doing well, Kenneth. I'm doing a lot better after we got a little bit of scary news as, as Twitter was going on during training camp and during this joint practice with the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm not going to lie to you. I was starting to get a little bit nervous. But away we go with getting ready for all this and going through all the machinations of this preseason and of this training camp. First and foremost, we saw that that Jack Conklin went down. It seems that he might be being checked for a concussion. Denzel Ward, he had a bit of an illness. He walked inside, so that's good to see nothing terribly physical with him. Of course, we hope that he's feeling better here very soon, Gerard. And Miles Garrett had a bit of a, a foot injury, but was still able to walk around under his own power, was walking around barefoot and signing autographs. So even though it was scary, it seems that everybody's hopefully going to be upright and all right, buddy. Right. And ultimately, when you have these joint practices, you understand the intensity will not match that of an actual game. It gets pretty close. But ultimately, especially being in the preseason, you want to walk away from it injury-free because Lord knows the whole point is to prepare yourself for the season and not have things take place that will make the outcome of your season very bleak if you have major players like a Conklin, like a Garrett, like a Ward go down due to injury. Day one of training camp in the books. It seems that Nathan Zagur and a lot of people reporting that the defense looked very, very good against the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, that's a good thing. Gerard, we learned so much in these joint practices. You go back to the joint practice years ago with the Bills, and, and the Bills left trash talk in the Cleveland Browns. A few years ago, the Giants came to town, and it was basically a microcosm for the Giants under Joe, uh, Joe Judge. So here we are against the Philadelphia Eagles again, one of the top teams in the NFL, one of the toughest teams in the NFL, and it seems the Browns' defense held their own on day one, buddy. Well, that's definitely a great start. And at this stage, again, we must say this time and time again, the yes. defense is going to be ahead of the offense on both sides of the ball. At least they should be because you're still 
working out the mechanizations of your timing as an offense and orchestration of your spacing and timing as well. So those things make sense to me. But to hear that our defense did not get dominated, but they held their own, and in some cases dominated, that's certainly a good sign because you're going against a for-real football team. You're going against a football team that had a really, really bad taste left in their mouth when they did not win the Super Bowl and felt that they had a chance to do just that. And it seems to me that they're hell-bent on getting back there, and they understand like they did last year that this is part of the process. So this is a measuring stick opportunity for our football team, Ken, to play against the Eagles, and I'm looking forward to getting more reports of how we're doing just how we are doing against them. Oddly, it, it just feels to me, Gerard, like they will not have that Super Bowl hangover that teams that lose the Super Bowl will. I, I, I don't think they're going to have it. Of course, you know, Cincinnati didn't have that last year. So, I mean, I know it's been a, a, a big, strong talking point for, boy, the last 20 years or so. But Cincinnati didn't seem to have it last year. I know they started off a little bit rough in the month of September, but they're a notoriously so, slow-starting team with Joe Burrow. And I just don't get the feeling that Philadelphia is going to be in that same boat, buddy. Nah, and based upon leadership and in particular what Jalen Hurts has had to say about the situation at hand, you just get the sense and feel that they're like, no, we're trying to have a dynasty around here. We're not one-and-done mentality. Yeah, we want to get there and actually win, but we're in a spot to where we simply feel that we left a lot on the table and much to be desired because we walked away from experience without a Lombardi trophy. And I respect that and get that because the hardest thing to do, Ken, Mm. is get back to it, especially if you win. But it is extremely challenging and tough to do that because there are so many distractions that come into your life after you be after you designated and crowned a Super Bowl champion. So for you, what? Did, how many joint practices did you have as a player? New New England, New uh, Orleans, plenty. really? Uh, what, plenty. What, what, what were they like for you? Oh, they were like a game. I mean, I can recall when in New Orleans we had what was called the cheese head league because pretty much all the practices took place where we were in Lacrosse, Wisconsin. So we scrimmage against the Bears, the Vikings as well as the Chiefs, and every year so I would come to, come to town, we'd see someone new, so that was active, and it was your chance just to see where your skill set was at versus other NFL players because at some point you get tired of going against your own teammates and you don't feel like you're really getting anything done in the sense yeah. that you just want something new, something different. Granted, when you always have good going against good, just prop, there's a possibility to get something done. I don't want to put that out there, but the point is, it just feels like a – It feel, it's not a game, but it has that type of anticipation. You get the butterflies and everything else because you know guys are going to give A-plus effort. And with the Patriots, for some reason, we always seem to scrimmage the Giants. That was our team that we would practice against. I, I, I think that a lot of times I, – I, I think a lot of times, Gerard, there are situations – where I, I think you're exactly right about what you just said. I, I think there are situations where there's a lot of teams that, that kind of have an opportunity to do something against themselves, but you got desperate guys trying to make the, make the roster, and I think that this provides you a chance to really let it all hang out because usually it's, it, it's odd where, okay, we got to play flat out, we got to play hard, but we also have to protect each other when we're in the same helmet. But if you're playing against a team with a different helmet, I, I, I think it's a different conversation to have here, buddy. Oh, you're, you're certainly right. There's less protecting going on be the best way to put it because, okay, I take a guy to the ground trying to strip for the football if I'm in a one-on-one drill. Normally you get yelled at and screamed at and all that stuff. But get off the ground. I'll be about the extent of it because they understand you're competing. And a lot of times, too, don't be surprised if you have fights in these type of camps because guys are like, dude, you're going too hard. We're not supposed to be going full tempo, take you to the ground, but you can't worry about that, especially – when you're trying to make a team, you need to put out there that I don't care what it is going on. I'm going full speed. Obviously not in a walkthrough situation, but whenever competition steps to that 
to that line of scrimmage, you have to be ready to go. Gerard, going over this practice, day two tomorrow, what are you looking forward to tomorrow just to, for this football team to accomplish? Obviously, we all want to stay healthy. It feels now like we kind of dodged a bullet. We'll see as right. time goes on. But you want to stay healthy. What else do you want to accomplish? Well, you really want to feel that it was worthwhile getting on a plane to Philadelphia and getting there early and getting some things done and seeing some concepts and what they look like against a really good football team and how they work and what do you keep, what do you throw away, what do you build upon, and what do you go back to the drawing board on. All those things you want to have considered, but ultimately you want to walk away from experience, especially if you are a Browns player. And I would say, you know what, coaches alike, where do we measure up? This team was one of the best teams in the National Football League Last year. There's no doubt about that. You could put them in the AFC, you could put them in the NFC, and you'd walk away from experience saying this is a really good football team. Where do we measure up? They know what it takes, and they've been there to get to that place called the Super Bowl. Where are we at in the process? Because don't forget, Ken, last year they came to town, and it's fair to say that they came to town and they took our lunch. And with that, you have to also understand, too, that you want to return the favor. Because if they did take your lunch, you don't want to have it be a repeat process. And from a, and from a confidence standpoint, you always want to feel like when you go against the best, where you stack up. I call it the barometer to measuring stick. Where are you at? Where do you stand? If you're in a situation where you're going against the Chiefs or if you're going against the Eagles, here's where I represent. And I held my own, and I got to a situation where I felt as an individual starting there because we can't forget we're in evaluation mode. As an individual, what am I doing? And then from there, from a team standpoint, what are we doing? What are we accomplishing? Are we on the right path? Because we just saw the truth. Now, in the process of, and I can tell you this from experience, playing against a team that was considered the best team actually led to me winning the Super Bowl because we were in a spot where we played against, the, at the time, St. Louis Rams, and they were considered to be the best team in the National Football League. After playing against them as a collective and as an individual, we were all like, hey, if that's the best team in the league, we're not that far behind. So this can also serve as an opportunity for the Browns to build more confidence. But it all obviously takes the Browns being in a spot to where they do what? They go out there and compete, and they win more than they lose. That has to be the key. And for coaches, you get an opportunity to evaluate and see how things are done. Where am I doing? What, what techniques can I borrow from this team? They're obviously doing something right from a preparation standpoint because they found themselves in a championship. All those type of things factor in when you are in the process of practicing against another team. And I must say the intensity is definitely going to be greater than what you would have at your own practice, barring a run drill or a goal line drill on the first day of pads. And that's pretty much where you stand throughout the entirety of the practice. You're in a spot where ultimately you just have a real physical, real aggressive two days. And it's so aggressive and it's so competitive that they said, you know what? We're not even going to have the, sec the first and second string guys play. We're going to leave the rest of the game up to the – threes and the fours, and that's a great opportunity for these guys. And if you are three or four, here's what you want to do. You want to put yourself in a spot to where the Eagles take note of who you are as well as the Browns saying, yeah, we got a keeper right here. This guy could contribute some point, be it on the practice squad or in some other form or fashion on special teams and maybe even work his way into the lineup as a, as a quality backup. All those things are possibilities, so you also got to see it in that right regard as well that this is an opportunity for you to showcase your talents and your skill set you're listening to the browns preview show all on the university hospital cleveland browns radio network 
win, lose, or draw, if you don't play the standard, there's corrections to be made and there's things to be done that are going to benefit the team. And we're all trying to work to those goals. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Back at Berea, Ken Carmen back here in Berea, but Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa joins us right now from wonderful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to talk about this upcoming season and the joint practices with the Philadelphia Eagles. Jeremiah, thanks for joining us. Peace and love, family. Good to be here. First off, how you feeling? You looked great back on Friday night. <laughs> Man, I'm feeling good. Uh, you know, the foot's doing well. Um, you know, I really haven't had many, you know, bumps and, and scratches yet. <laughs> so, um, you know, just trying to execute the defense and do what I can uh, to, for, for the success of this defense, you know. You know, a lot of people just excited by your play on Friday. Love seeing you fly around back at full speed. You know, a lot of pressure on this defense to perform this year. A lot of fans are excited about them. What's been the difference for you within Jim Schwartz's offense compared to maybe last year? Not asking you to throw anybody under the bus, but it looks <laughs> like you guys are playing a lot faster. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Coach Schwartz emphasizes, you know, the team chemistry. He emphasizes going out there and not being afraid to make mistakes. You know, um, we are out there and he really understands the personalities and, um, you know, the personnel of each and every player that's on the field. And he, he, use a lot, he utilizes that in a great way. Uh, so I think that that's one of the, the biggest, um, not necessarily differences, but that's something that we are definitely emphasizing this year is knowing who's out there and being able to put them in the right positions. There's been additions to this defense as well. Dalvin Tomlinson, there's been other guys who have been added to this defense. You guys who have been in the defense before, and now you're a pro and it's a locker room and you've had additions to the locker room. How do you welcome in veterans like that? You know, him, Zadarius Smith, Shelby Harris, et cetera? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we, we first and foremost, at least as a younger player, um, you, welcome in, you welcome them in not necessarily just with arms, but you welcome them in with ears. You welcome them in with eyes, being able to observe exactly what they're doing, how their day-to-day process is, um, what exactly they're telling you to help you improve your game. You know, they've been there and done that and have seen success. Uh, success. All of the, um, you know, players that we have have, you know, seen a bit of success, whether it's personal or whether it's team. You know, just being able to watch them has been a good um, advantage for me um, and just, you know, trying to progress my game. So. So I want to ask you about your Jeremiah Wusukoromoa joining us here on the show. I want to ask you about your recovery process because there were some people going, ah, I think you should have had surgery, but you know your uh, body. Can you explain it to us, your recovery process, the natural healing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, shout out to Dr. Greg. Uh, we had, I, I got up with um, an integrated, you know, doctor down in Florida and, you know, really spent a lot of time down there on the off season and got to, uh, mess with a lot of new gadgets and stuff that he has down there. Um, we had a lot of different um, specific things that we did with food, uh, being able to focus on a lot of electrifying foods such as fruits and, um, you know, some of the natural healing herbs. Uh, I went to St. Lucia, you know, got in some volcano baths, you know, did a lot of different things um, to try to really heal, um, you know, my bones and just heal all the connective tissues and really just everything on me to be able to go out there and perform at high capacity this year. I'm sorry, sir. You're going to have to explain to me a volcano bath. If you can. please take me through that process. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, in St. Lucia, they have, um, you know, these, these volcanoes. And from the volcanoes, you have like this kind of like lava type of sulfur, um, <laughs> sulfur bath things. So, um, you know, they have a location there that I can go and, and really access. And I'm, I'm, I'm a bit plugged in down there. Um, good friends with the prime minister. Um, shout out to um, Priest Kailash as we 
uh, we'll call him Honorable Priest Kailash. He's a, he's a priest down there of the Rastafari group um, and, and really, you know, clung, clung to him and really, you know, wanted to learn how to uh, heal the natural way. He helped me out a lot with that. Jeremiah Wusakoromoa, you always teach me something every time we get a chance to talk <laughs> with each other. How old are you now? I'm 23, uh, 23, you know, 23, 23, 23. <laughs> I mean, you think, you probably think I'm just trying to soften you up. I'm serious. I mean, the, the age, the wisdom for your age is something like I really <laughs> don't hear from an NFL football player or myself when I was 23, for crying out loud. Do you hear that a lot from interviewers? <laughs> Not necessarily. I mean, I think it's a cultural thing. I mean, um, from Ghana, uh, the Ashanti tribe specifically, Ashanti kingdom, better yet, and it, it's a kingdom that really revolves around closing the gap between the youth and the elders. So that's something that I really, you know, cling to. And like I spoke on the elders, that's, I don't call, I wouldn't call them elders on the team because, you know, they're probably like 30 something, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but just, just that entire culture that I come from, I want to really adopt it and, and to show it in a uh, practical way and, and in a way that will, you know, better me, but also the youth around me. I feel like act asking you other football questions is trite, but I have to do it. Um, <laughs> no, man, that's what we're here for. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, you, you played at Notre Dame. Uh, you yeah. got an opinion on them maybe joining a conference at some point officially? Uh, man, you know, I like, I like the uniqueness of Notre Dame. I like us, how we are able to, you know, play who we want to play, when we want to play them. <laughs> you know, um, the NBC contract is obviously what kind of makes the exposure like it is. You know, that's a part of, you know, at least for me, Going to Notre Dame is having that holistic process of, you know, the exposure, the degree value, the uh, football history. You know, that's a part of what we do. So I'm not sure if they'll join the conference. I mean, we joined one, I think it was my senior year at ACC. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I'm curious what Coach Free will do. I mean, honestly, like, I, I've i only been to the University of Notre Dame one time. That was a couple of years ago in, in the swash. That would have been September right after week one. Mm -hmm. uh, and I would, you know, the, the campus is beautiful, but, you know, a guy who's in, from the Midwest like me, we just sit there and we think, oh, Notre Dame, you know, stuffiness, uh, things like that. And you kind of opened up my doors to perception last year when you said, no, culturally, it gave you everything that you were looking for, not just, you know, obviously with their religion, but a, a lot of other mm -hmm. things and a lot of other religions and cultures as well. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know what I mean? When we think of Notre Dame, we may think of, you know, oh, the preeminent Catholic university of the world. But, you know, when you have a very religious, um, you know, university, it also attracts other religions, other religious, other religious, you know, imams, rabbis, et cetera, et cetera, monks, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that, you know, we have misperceptions on, and it's really, it's really that, you know. It's, it's really the perception into which you view a thing and how you're going into it. And, you know, for me, Notre Dame was definitely that school that opened up those opportunities uh, for me to experience the things that I needed to. Do you write down personal goals for yourself? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to. What, what um, and I actually just started that. You know, really? I actually just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't uh, too big on, like, you know, having, like, a journal and stuff like that. Um, and I actually, you know, saw Miles kind of, like, writing down in his journal all the time. I'm like, you know, you know that's a big part of, you know, um, at least Western culture is, to, is to, to write and to be able to, you know, keep your records and things like that. Um, you know, for us in my culture, it's really, you know, oral tradition. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'll have these things here. But then, you know, for my you know, children and for my other teammates and uh, for the things that, you know, come after me, I want to be able to, to definitely get into more writing and goals. So I uh, started that this year. Yeah. How do you battle the grind that training camp becomes? Well, I mean, the monotony. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a perception. Again, it goes back to 
how you view a thing uh, is what makes it. You know, the scriptures say, as a man thinketh, so is he. So it's, it's literally how you think about training camp. If you think about training camp as, uh, you know, turmoil and, and traumatic and, oh, I got to do this, I got to do this, run here, run that, um, then it's going to be that for you. But if you view it in a way that's like, wow, this is making me better, you know, this is um, a, a place and a time where I can be with my teammates, my coaches, and really learn and, and get better as a player but also as a, as a, as a man, right? So yeah. uh, that's my perception, and that's how I get through it um, with, you know, open arms. Does it feel more comfortable wearing number six again? Oh, what? <laughs> oh, man. Nah, it, it feels comfortable. It feels uh, much like a resurrection, much like a revolution almost, you know? So I, I kind of love uh, getting back to my old number, man. I'm an open-minded guy. I assume you're a reader, so I'm going to take a stab here. Uh, what? Give me, a, give me a book to read. Oh, give you a book to read. Yep. Oh, wow. Um, I got. I, I probably got a collection of more than five thousand books. I ain't gonna lie. That's what I spent my, 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 uh, my signing bonus on. <laughs> but, um, sheesh, you know, actually, Whoa. I'm I'm gonna surprise you with this. Um, okay. I actually like the Four Dummies books. Uh, you know, people kind of like sleep on them a little bit, but <laughs> I'm really? a big I'm a big Four Dummies books, like political science for dummies. Um, you know, chess for dummies. Like a lot of those things are very practical, and I think it's that's that's kind of where we are lacking as a society is understanding the practical, fundamental things. So I'm a big four dummies book. I got, I, I got a lot of four dummies books. <laughs> Boy, that is that is surprising. <laughs> I gotta tell you, that is surprising. My mother was a big chicken soup for the soul reader. I don't know if you were ever okay. familiar with that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But we never got the four dummies things. It was just my dad barking out orders on, on, on multiple things. Uh, for yes, you sir. guys, for you guys as a football team. Yep. I mean, listen. I, I know you guys try to shut off fans as much as yeah. you can, and you, you have the outside no, really. noise. Yeah, I shouldn't say it like that, but the outside noise. You guys know what's at stake this year. How do you guys focus every single day? Well, again, it's, it's about regrouping. Every day is a new day. Um, every second is a new second to uh, be like the sun, be like the moon, be like the stars, how they revolve, right? So we have to bring each other in and remind ourselves, like, hey, you know, this is the day that, you know, um, doesn't really last long, right? This this day will, will pass sooner or later, so we have to make the most of it. Uh, we, we can't um, disrespect the game. Uh, Coach Swartz says it all the time. You know what I mean? We can't disrespect the game. We got to respect the game. And how do you respect the game is that you give all to it uh, when it gives you the opportunity to, right? Jeremiah, it's always a blessing to get a chance to talk to you. Great health this year. I'm wishing you that great play this year. We're looking forward to seeing you in 2023. Yes, sir. Appreciate that. Right. Thank you. Jeremiah Wusukoromo joining us in the player Spotlight. We'll take a break, and when we come back, Gerard and I will take you around the league. It's Ken Carmen alongside of Gerard Cherry. It's the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. This is the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Backed by a popular man, it's year two of Barking Backers presented by Milkbone, the fan club for dogs, view membership options, and join today at BarkingBackers.com. Gerard Cherry along with Ken Carmen, and we are joined on the telephone with my man, Nathan Zagura. What's up, dog? What's up, Gerard? How you doing, man? Sitting here on the uh, the river in Philly. Just got out of uh, an Uber from the joint practices, and so back at the hotel. And it was fun to see the Browns get some some good work against a very good team today. And last year, Nathan, when the Eagles came to town, and tell me if you agree with this assessment or not, I felt that they were the more dominant football team. 
Absolutely. I think they were dominant in terms of, you know, their size. It felt like they were just a bigger team than the Cleveland Browns. They're a more physical team, you know, and they were a team that was obviously uh, better at a lot of positions. And that's why they had one of the best rosters in the league. They won the NFC and represented the NFC in the Super Bowl. So that was a, a legit team. And I think you're right. It was kind of clear last year that the Browns, you know, maybe were not quite on their level yet. And I think you fast forward to today and what you saw was Andrew Barry overhaul our defensive front to try to match, you know, the talent and the production that the Eagles got from theirs, bringing in Zadarius Smith and Oboe and Dalvin Tomlinson and now Shelby Harris to join Miles Garrett. And what you saw today was a team that absolutely belonged, a team that looked as big as physical. You know, some of the Philly beat reporters were saying the Browns won the day today, and it was a day for the defenses. But, you know, our defensive front right now is terrifying. It, it was fun to watch them go to work, and I'll give credit where credit is due. Philly's defensive front was very good in their own right. It was a day for the defenses, but the Browns certainly in one year's time, if today was a measuring stick and you got one more day to go, you got to come back and keep that same intensity and that same performance tomorrow. But if today was an indication, the Browns are certainly have elevated themselves from where they were a year ago in these joint practices against the Eagles. So if I hear you correctly, the Eagles press even claim yeah, that the Browns were the better defense today versus the Eagles. So with that in mind, they, they, what, what did you what did you see in particular that makes that assessment a, a truth? Yeah, well, they, he said that the Browns just kind of had a better day overall in practice, and, and really it came down to the fact that, you know, Deshaun made some very nice throws to Amari Cooper and Don, and uh, David Njoku had a bomb even to Anthony Schwartz. So the, our offense did have some plays. Now their defense did a good job as well. They got an interception seven on seven. We had some ball handling stuff you got to clean up where the ball ended up on the ground and some of those kind of read option scenarios. Uh, and then their defense got to Deshaun a bunch of times. But the reason I think that people thought we dominated the day, we were more physical in the special teams drills, and then you go to the hard defense against their offense, and you know that's a loaded offense. Really, it felt like almost every pass that Jalen Hurts completed would have been blown dead as a sack. And then there were plenty, some plays where he couldn't even get the ball off at all. You had Miles coming from one side, Zedarius and Oboe coming from the other, Dalvin pushing the pocket, and there was a lot of kind of just talk around it, even Lane Johnson coming off the field and saying, man, like, this is different. J.O.K., when I saw him, he goes, I had no idea. Because he said, I haven't got to see this defensive line together, how good this group was. He goes, I didn't get touched at the second level once today, and the linebackers were able to fly around and make plays. Denzel had a great interception. So you saw, I think, kind of what this Jim Schwartz defense can be against an elite offense with a great offensive line, and our defensive line absolutely took it to them today. Now, prior to the practice starting, was it a quiet setting far as our team was concerned? Were guys char- chirping, talking, and keeping that same attitude that we've seen throughout Greenbrier? And from that um, point, how did things go from there? Yeah, you know, it, it was kind of like our veteran council met with the Eagles veteran council beforehand and so got everybody on the same page. It was going to be clean. Everybody's here to get their work done. And so there wasn't a lot of chirping from that standpoint. But then you saw, like, when Denzel got that pick, you could have been anywhere on that facility. Let me tell you, it's beautiful, three big fields side by side by side, plus the indoor facility and all of it. And you could have known from anywhere on the field that the Browns just did something awesome. Like, you would have heard it. They were loud and vocal about it. There was some chirping. Grant Delpit had a nice cover on Devontae Smith when he was running a slot fade against them. We saw the Browns do uh, some big, what I'd call big dime, with the four down linemen, one backer, and then six DBs, three corners, three safeties with Delta, Thornhill, McLeod out there. And Grant, you know, got a little chirpy, but nothing out of control. But, yeah, both sides brought their intensity, brought their energy. And, yeah, that carried over. When the Browns D made a big play, you knew about it. You heard about it. Mike Ford had a great PBU, and they went nuts. So on all the sacks, there was a lot of jumping around and, 
and celebrate. And so, yeah, you could feel that energy, that swag. It's not like all of a sudden came and were, you know, just quiet like they were at church. They were still bringing it and, and making big plays. And then, Nathan, one of the big overhauls is obviously the defensive line, and in particular the interior. How did Tomlinson yep. and company look? Yeah, Dalvin Tomlinson looked very good, kind of holding up there against Jason Kelsey, who's likely going to go in the Hall of Fame as a center. And then, you know, Shelby Harris kind of just eased into it. He got a couple team reps today. But it was really, honest to goodness, those guys on the edge were just so relentless. And they'll line up. You talk about the inside. The Darius will line up over the guard a lot. And he was so good in that role, getting that push, using his quickness and his power to get to the quarterback. And so it, it was just the defensive line just in general. It, it jumped out to me how effective they were disrupting what the Eagles were very good up front on the offensive line and very talented with their skill players, what they were trying to do. The Browns really stymied that. And then shifted to the offense, Nathan. You mentioned that Deshaun Watson had several sexual plays with Amari Cooper as well as the Chief. With that in mind, oh, yeah. what in particular stood out and what was carried over from the success that Deshaun had in that first drive last week against the I about to say against the Jets, but against the command. You can just see he's seeing the field well. He sees mm-hmm. the field well. He's delivering the football accurately. When he had a couple chances to get it down the field, he made beautiful throws, hitting guys in stride. Uh, through with anticipation. Uh, but, you know, at other times he was under a great deal of duress. And, you know, his ability to kind of make those plays out of structure is what's helpful. He had one improv that he got to David Njoku where he was under duress and it looked like he was going to be sacked but got it out before they actually got to him. Uh, and so that's kind of the, the stuff that carries over. Just comfortable in the pocket, seeing the field well, going through his reads well. There's one ball that he was a little late on and that he wants back. But other than that, I thought he had a very solid day. Both quarterbacks hurt. And Watson had one pick today each, but both made a lot of good throws when they were able to. And in the case of Jalen Hurts, he wasn't able to very often, which was awesome. I think that was the big takeaway for me. And, Nathan, we talked so much about practice tempo. We saw, and you've seen all the practices. I had a chance to witness the guys in Greenbrier. From an intensity yep. standpoint, was there a noticeable difference between practicing against Brown versus Brown versus Browns versus Eagles? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This ramped up. There was there was an extra level of intensity and juice to this because, number one, there were just so many stars on the field. You know, on both sides, both these teams have loaded rosters with big-name talent, and so a lot of stars, a lot of pride. Energy was definitely turned up. Uh, from an injury standpoint, though, I know people are worried about Denzel Ward left with an illness, not an injury. Jack Conklin's being checked out for a concussion. Then Miles, they said foot, but he came out after practice and was with the fans laughing, running around, signing autographs, so... I have a feeling that he's uh, he's doing just fine. So good news there that we came out relatively unscathed, and we'll see kind of what the practice is tomorrow. But, yeah, tons of intensity, and I think you'll see it even ramped up more because, you know, guys that had good plays, they're going to want to do it again, back it up. There are going to be adjustments that are made tomorrow, and there are guys who have not didn't have good days. They're going to hear it in those meeting rooms, and they're going to come out extra amped. And, Nathan, you've been around this team. You can sense and feel when guys feel their confidence building after the practice was over with, what was the body language? What was the conversation like amongst the Browns players? It, it just was, it was good. Like they walked off, heads held high. I think they felt good about it. You know, I talked to a couple of guys coming off and they both just said, yeah, like compared to last year, they felt like this was important to them. This was a measuring stick. And they felt like on day one anyway, that they passed that test. Now it wasn't a perfect practice. There was certainly some sloppiness, especially on offense that you want to clean up. But there was absolutely... Like last year, kind of you alluded to it. It was almost like the Browns were a little outclassed, right? Like the mm-hmm. other team was just a little bit better at a lot of spots, and that added up. There's no sense of that. I mean, I think if you're the Browns and you're going out there with a team that is favored to win the NFC again, 
and you know you could stand there and go toe-to-toe with them, then you know what this team's capable of. And it's no surprise. I think we just all wanted to see it. We saw it today, and now it's important to go in, watch that tape, take some learnings, and then bring it again tomorrow. And I think if the Browns do that, they'll be feeling really good about themselves getting ready for the season opener against the Bengals. And one more before we let you go, Nathan. What are you anticipating for tomorrow's practice? Uh, more of the same. We're gonna, I know we will get some field goal work, which I know that people will be all over the results there. So hopefully Kate goes out there and has a good day putting it through the uprights. Uh, but I expect more of the same, more intensity, a lot of work for the starters. Uh, what we didn't see today was what you would call situational football. No red zone, no two-minute drill, anything like that. So my guess is tomorrow we're going to have some situational periods down near the goal line, now near the end zone. And we'll see which team can kind of put the ball into the end zone when that field gets compressed when the windows get smaller, when everything gets a little bit tighter. So I think we'll see some good, fun, situational football. We'll have more touchdowns to talk about probably for both of these teams. Well, Nathan, my friend, thank you for joining us. Appreciate the insight, my man. And right there, you don't get any better and more knowledge than you can get from my man Nathan Zagura. So appreciate it, dog. Gerard, I appreciate you, brother. Have a good one, man. Thanks for having me on tonight. All right, man. I'll see you soon. That is Nathan Zagura coming to us live from Philadelphia. And fans, the Browns need your help picking the field design for the 2023 season. All fans are encouraged to vote to decide what design and logos will be featured at midfield at Cleveland Browns Stadium. Visit clevelandbrowns.com slash fieldvote to cast your vote today. You're listening to the Browns Preview Show all on the University Hospital Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Win, lose, or draw, if you don't play the standard, there's corrections to be made and there's things to be done that are going to benefit the team, and we're all trying to work to those goals. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Browns fans, be a part of the most passionate fan base in the NFL. Join the Browns season ticket member wait list today for the chance at securing tickets for all home games in future seasons. Don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 to reserve your spot today. Ken Carmen alongside of Gerard Cherry. Gerard, you ready to go around the league, buddy? Let's do it. Sounds good to me. Uh, by the way, uh, this is breaking news during this show tonight on Monday. Dalvin Cook has signed a one-year, about $8 million deal with the New York Jets. That's a team we're going to see in December. What do you think that's going to add for Aaron Rodgers and his group? It's going to certainly add more cred to him because him giving up that $35 million helped facilitate that. And obviously, yeah. Cook is a talent. And you wonder what the heck the Jets are going to do next. But I have to say, man, they're doing the right moves by adding more talent to a talented roster already. And if they get Hall back, look out. Also, Zeke signing with the Patriots and your buddy Bill Belichick. What's your thoughts on that, buddy? <laughs> it doesn't have the same ring, obviously, because Zeke is considered to have lost a step or two. But a physical backing and punching back, if he can return to some similar type of form that he had in Dallas, that would be a perfect marriage because Bill and the Patriots are at their best when they're playing a physical brand of football. Yeah, very true about that. Okay, J.K. Dobbins off the PUP list. He's back at practice today. He's not very happy about his contract. Oh boy. What does J.K. Dobbins add to the Baltimore Ravens? Uh, hopefully some more disgruntledness and <laughs> disrupt that backfield. But in all seriousness, He's a talent. Speedy guy gives you that ability to test the corners. And one of the things that we're going to have to be very conscientious of as a defense, Ken, is making sure that we keep our containment. Last week we saw a couple times where because of our aggressiveness of getting after the quarterback and trying to chase down a running back on the backside that we lost that. So he brings that threat that he can bust it outside and take it to the house. All right. 
Zach Martin, he signs a fifty. He signs an eighteen million dollar deal for this season, or he got a new contract that's going to give him eighteen million dollars for the for the Cowboys. Gerard, like it, it's probably the most polarizing team in the NFL. If you don't love the Cowboys, people seem to hate the Cowboys. How do you see them doing this year? I see them being a playoff bound football team. Mike McCarthy's got a lot of weight on his shoulders after getting rid of Kellen Moore and saying, you know what, I'm going to call this. I can help Dak get back on track, and we'll see if he can do just that. But I do think that's a quality football team, and in how I see it, it's still the Eagles that are at the top of the East, but the Dallas is not too far behind. All right, so you have, you have this situation going down with everything that, that we see Peyton Manning being hired as his alma mater at Tennessee. I don't know. What is a professor of practice? I'm sorry. I don't know what that is. Can you help me? <laughs> That's what we call anything and everything I could do to bring notoriety <laughs> to my school, to my alma mater, I am willing to do. And also, if they're willing to pay me for it in the process, I'm willing to do as well. It's really what it stands for. And props to him for doing just that. I mean, Tennessee had a much better season this year or past season. And so I'm pretty sure Peyton wants to get things back to where it was when he was there. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. I'm worried about their loss in scholarships here over the next couple of years. Like everybody's really excited about Josh Heupel. And I mean, to a degree, I guess it, it, it's worthy to be excited about, but man, mm-hmm. that, those scholarship losses, I mean, they're going to have to go out and get bona fide studs to make up for something like that. All right. Sean Payton. Did you see the rules that he had for the sidelines? <laughs> I did not. Okay. No, no, he called them Gilligan hats. No bucket hats. <laughs> Uh, and this is all this for the this is all for the players after they get done playing. Okay, uh-huh. no bucket hats, no or Gilligan hats as he calls them. This is courtesy Ari Myroff and uh, also I believe Tom Pelissaro put it out there. Uh, no, no Gilligan hats. Uh, no taking off of the jersey. Mm. No sunglasses oh. and no interviews on television. Huh. Are we My looking at an Urban Meyer situation? No, you're not because what he's trying to do is get well a couple things. The best thing he could do is make it so that Russell Wilson is not the most hated guy in the locker room and it's him Mm -hmm. because he's demanding. So right there, that's a genius move. Yeah. And then the other part of that is, too, is that they're trying to get some work in it. And and I've told you this on many of occasions. You've heard me say how looking at a guy on the sideline chewing sunflower seeds and chewing gum with his hat turned backwards, his pads off, can serve as a distraction. And that whole entire squad needs to be on a mission. And anything that you could do to set some sense of discipline that we're all in this together, I can't fault him for that. You really... I don't know, man. It feels a little goofy. Oh, it's antiquated as can be, but sometimes... (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes, Ken, you need to go that route, though, man. Because, again, that was a team that was horrible last season. Man, I didn't even... Honestly, Gerard, I didn't even think about the way you did. Where it's like, no, they're going to hate me more than they hate Russell. They're going to love Russell by the time this is all said and done. Yeah, make Russell part of it. Because think about it. What's Russell's problem? He wasn't a part of the team. But if they're going in together talking about Coach... Coach Peyton behind his back in the locker room. But, man, this dude sucks. He's doing too much. That weird enough builds bonds. All right, Russ is in this with us, too, because he's complaining about it. I, I don't know. I, you know, I look over the last couple of years that they had with with Drew Brees. I, I mean, I, I don't know. They were really good at times. I I don't know, man. I just do you th- do you feel that Russell Wilson is a good quarterback still? Yeah, I think he still has it in him. I just think that what he has to do is get back to this place where he doesn't come across as being unapproachable and that he's higher than his teammates and that he's in a different 
air because he's going to need all their support. But just quickly, Ken, you yeah. can never forget Peyton's from the Parcells tree and Coughlin's from that tree. Belichick's from that tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know something in common with all those dudes? They're known as the hard you-know-whats. So it does not surprise me he went that route, especially for a team that was a, a losing team like they were last year. So duh, I, I get it. But, yeah, man, I think Russ can, to answer your question about Russell Wilson, I think he can return to that form. But he has to first mend the issues that are in the locker room because, simply put, his teammates didn't like him. And if your teammates don't like you, it's Bo Callahan all over again. Hey, real quick, C.J. Stroud threw a pick in his, I believe, his first pass. Your thoughts? At least his first drive. A bad omen. (laughs) Oh, Gerard. But, no, I'm just – I mean, it happens, man. I mean, he's a rookie quarterback. That's a team in rebuild central mode. Yeah. So, I'm not surprised by it. And when you look at the INTs that were thrown, not just by him, but by Richardson and other – I'm not sure if Young threw one, but I wasn't too impressed with his play either. But I understand and get it. He plays for the Panthers. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen, man. Never forget, Peyton Manning almost set a record. I think he set the record for rookie interceptions. Yes, he from. did. Yes, he did. He and was then going you think for about it. Josh Allen. He threw more interceptions than he threw touchdowns in 12 games as a quarterback. Yeah. So it happens. He got it. You're right about that. All right. That is around the league, folks. Get your Cleveland Brown single ticket, single game tickets now for all the great matchups at Cleveland Brown Stadium. Visit clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets. That's clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets. Or call 440-891-5050 to purchase today. Coming up next, we'll preview the Kevin Stefanski Show Tuesday night and preview a big game coming up on Thursday, preseason game three, Browns-Eagles from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. This is the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Tuesday night, the Kevin Stefanski Show. Matt Fontana and Gerard Cherry at 7 p.m. will have complete reaction from day two of joint practices, as well as Coach Stefanski and so much more. And then Thursday night, Lincoln Financial Field, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Your Browns in the Philadelphia Eagles. 3.30 p.m. Browns game day with myself and Gerard. The Cleveland Browns kickoff show is set to kick off at 5.30 p.m. Tyvis Powell, Andy Baskin, and myself. And then 7.30 p.m. kickoff from the link with Jim Donovan, Nathan Zagura, and Gerard Cherry. Gerard, what are we looking forward to in this game against Philadelphia on Thursday? We won't see many of the starters, obviously, but what are we looking forward to with some of the back-end guys? Are you looking for back-end guys? Realize this is going to be one of the few chances in which you get us substantial amount of playing time and with that take full-fledged advantage of it and show the Eagles show the Browns show the National Football League why you deserve to be in the league and take advantage of the opportunities when they present themselves and for the guys who've had strong outings like DTR like Austin Watkins keep on doing what you're doing keep on balling and showing that this is not a flash in the pan but you're consistent with how you play football at a high level what about Jawan Jones he's looking good so far yeah, and keep on doing what you're doing because, again, make it make it pronounced that, hey, I slipped because of maturity issues, and now I'm, on a, I'm in a space to where I understand I'm getting coached to a high level, and I'm going to step up and play at a high level because one must be impressed with what they've seen so far from him, from going and playing a complete game with minimal amount of mistakes and some good blocks to what he did last week and being pretty dominant as well. I mean, I have to admit, and I know that people – I know it's lip service. People like to say, oh, we don't want specialization. We want a multitude of sports. Uh, you can tell DeWan Jones playing basketball – 
certainly helped him out because exactly. his feet are fantastic. Feet. Fantastic exactly. across that offensive line. So remember, Tuesday night, the Kevin Stefanski Show, Matt Fontana and Gerard Cherry. Complete coverage of day two of the joint practices against the Eagles, head coach Kevin Stefanski, and so much more. Tuesday night, 7 p.m. and then 3.30 p.m. on Thursday. It's Browns game day. Then the Cleveland Browns kickoff show at 5.30. Then kickoff from Lincoln Financial Field. Browns, Eagles, Jim Donovan, Nathan Zagura, and Gerard Cherry. Preseason game number three. And thanks as always. And they did a wonderful job tonight. Very thankful for tonight. Tonight. Jacob Malensic, we have Meredith Kane always doing a wonderful job. Executive producer Jason Gibbs, Andy Roth, the producer as well. For Gerard Cherry, I'm Ken Carmen, thanking you for listening to the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cleveland Browns preview show. Join us next week for more behind-the-scenes Browns news from Berea. We always look at each game as how do we win this game and what does this game call for. This broadcast is a copyright of the Cleveland Browns and the National Football League. Any other use of this broadcast, descriptions, or accounts of the game without the prior consent of the NFL is strictly prohibited. This is the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. This is the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network.